Are you trying to squeeze the starting solid food stuff into your already busy schedule? Well, I have an all-in-one done-for-you solution that's going to take the guesswork out of feeding your baby. My online program is called Baby Led Weaning with Katie Ferraro. It contains all of my baby led weaning training videos, the original 100 First Foods content library, plus a 100-day meal plan with recipes like the exact sequence of which foods to feed in which order. So if you want to stop trying to piece all this feeding stuff together on your own, I would be honored if you would join me inside of the program. You can get signed up at babyledweaning.co slash program. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Calm Cove podcast can help you sleep deeply all night long. Calm Cove has deeply relaxing meditation music and ambient sounds like ocean waves and crackling fires. All of our episodes are designed to help you relax and to fall asleep fast. Calm Cove is brought to you by the team behind Sleep Cove, the sleep podcast that consists of spoken word hypnosis, meditation and stories. So if you want to listen to a beautiful soundscape tonight, search for Calm Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see how we're helping millions of people relax and go to sleep every night. She has no allergy. This week we started with the almond puffs and again, no allergy and it's been such a weight lifted off of my shoulders. Oh my God. Hey there, I'm Katie Ferraro, registered dietitian, college nutrition professor, and mom of seven specializing in baby led weaning. Here on the Baby Led Weaning Made Easy podcast, I help you strip out all of the noise and nonsense about feeding, leaving you with the confidence and knowledge you need to give your baby a safe start to solid foods using baby led weaning. What if an adult in the house has a food allergy and there's a baby? Can the baby also learn how to eat the same foods that their parents or caregivers are allergic to? In this episode, I'm interviewing two moms who've recently started solid foods with their baby to kind of explore how they safely introduce their babies to some of the same foods that they are allergic to. So the first mom you guys are going to meet is named Dina. She's a first time mom living in Florida and Dina is in my baby led weaning program. And so on our weekly live office hours call, Recently, she asked a question about, you know, how do I introduce my baby Talia to the foods that I'm allergic to? Namely, in her case, it's peanut and shellfish. So inside of our program, we have all of the instructions and videos and recipes on how to safely prep all of the foods on my 100 first foods list for your baby's different ages and stages. And while I know she was following those steps, I really wanted to dig a little bit deeper and ask Dina firsthand and hear firsthand how this experience happened. Then in the second half of the interview, we're gonna hear from another food allergy mom. This time, the mom's name is Talia. So Dina's baby is Talia, but Talia is also a separate mom of baby Jack. Now, Talia and baby Jack live in Pennsylvania, and mom Talia is allergic to tree nuts. So Talia's also in our program. She's been working her way through the 100 new foods with baby Jack, but I've been following her course closely. She's also friends with one of our team members, Lauren. So Lauren runs all of our marketing. She's our growth strategist. And so like every day we check in and see which new foods baby Jack has been trying. I know the mom Talia was pretty nervous about starting tree nuts and she's allergic to them. So she's going to be sharing exactly how she did that. So let's get started hearing from Dina in Florida. I absolutely love this mom's energy and her enthusiasm for feeding her baby, especially once she got past her fear of doing the allergenic foods. Here's Dina. 
Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so I've kind of been following your journey doing baby led weaning with baby Talia. Before we kind of chat about that, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and maybe your own personal food allergy history? Sure, sure. I have a lot of allergies, believe it or not. Um, Peanut being one of the major ones and shellfish being another. And I'm also lactose intolerant. So it has been quite the journey for me. And I developed allergies. So some uh, started on from an early age, but the the milk, the lactose, that was new. And it's been quite the journey for myself. Luckily, with from people like you and uh, the constant support and the knowledge base that you provide, I've been able to wonderfully have, have Talia experience a much different outcome when it comes to allergies, starting her off so early. For peanut and shellfish, for your food allergies, that's what I want to focus on if we can. How old were you when you got diagnosed or started having symptoms? I can tell you I was under 10, probably six or seven. Can you share a little bit about feeding Talia from the get-go? What were the first few days and weeks like? Any issues with tolerance then? Talia was six months old, was sitting up great, head control was great. And she was very, very hungry. So everything kind of aligned. It was very messy in the beginning. I did not know what to feed her, how to feed her. I ended up pureeing everything. And before I knew it, it wasn't enough for her. So I struggled to find what system can I use that would make it easier for me as a new mom to safely give my child food. It was very important for me to feel that I was safely giving my child food. Where did you hear about baby led weaning? And when did you make the switch from doing purees to doing soft, solid pieces of real food? Okay. So I'm a part of a lot of different mom groups. And one night on a, I think it was a Facebook group, uh, all the moms were talking about what number are you on? What number are you on? How many do you, did you do so far? And I'm like, what are you guys talking about? They're like, oh, this uh, baby led weaning, we, you know, a hundred foods before she's one. And I thought everyone was crazy. I said, what are you guys talking about? What are you doing? You know, Talia's had banana and sweet potato and it's all puree. So what, what are you talking about? A hundred different foods. I'm like, are you crazy for a hundred different foods? And we got to chatting and um, one thing led to another. And one of my friends on the group said, yeah, you have to look up this uh, baby led wean team with Katie. And it's amazing. The resources are great. And you don't want Talia to be a picky eater. So let's get in those 100 before she's one. I love that. So how many foods has she had so far at 10 months of age? This week, I think we're on number 66 or 67. Okay. We're up there. Congrats. And then what about the allergenic foods? Tell us like which ones you've done. Have you gotten through all of them at this point? So we've gotten through most of them. I, the hardest one for me to start off with was the peanut because of my allergy. Okay. So I was very hesitant about it because it's also, once it's on the table, it's very difficult for me to continue to be involved with eating because if I ingest, I go anaphylactic. Okay. So have you had issues of anaphylaxis in the past? Like, have you had reactions since whatever the first time you reacted when you were a child? Yes. My, my first reaction was at my brother's wedding when no one told me that there were nuts in the salad. Stop. Nope. I missed the entire wedding. (gasps) Missed the entire wedding. So 
ever since then, I, I know what it's, what will happen. I carry two EpiPens with me at all times because nowadays, doesn't everything taste better with peanut oil when it's fried? You never know. So it's, it's very scary for me. Initially, when I, when I was thinking about uh, giving Talia peanut butter, I said, if something goes wrong, what, what can I do? You know, we, we, we looked for different opportunities of how to administer the nut to her so it would be safe for me as well. Okay, so for the peanut, then tell us if, you know, like you obviously have a very severe food allergy to peanut. How did you feed peanut to Talia? So I am using the Puffworks peanut butter puff and the almond puff. And it's amazing. Talia administers the nut to herself. I don't have anything to do with it. So do you open the bag, just pour some of the nuts into her bowl so that she's not, you're not touching it? Like, can you be that close to it? Yes. So the way that I, I've, I've managed this is initially I started with gloves. Then Talia was very interested in the gloves. So that did not work out very well. So now it's right hand is for Talia. I open up the bag. I put a few in her little bowl. She will take them. I do not use my right hand for me because I want to continue eating with her and, you know, chewing and having her mimic um, everything that's going on at the table and have her involved within the meal, not only a meal for her. So right hand is for Talia, left hand is for mommy. Wow. And so how did she do with the Puffworks peanut puffs? Does she pick them up and feed them to herself? No problem. It's the most amazing thing. She just picks them up, eats them claps them together and she's fine. She has no allergy. We, this week we started with the almond puffs and again, no allergy. And it's been such a weight lifted off of my shoulders. Oh my God. It is a godsend to have these puffs where even if we're out and about walking in the park, I can simply put a few in her little um, cup with the silicone top so she can reach in and take them out herself. And I'll wipe her down afterwards. I'll be honest and say that I'm not, you know, taking her hands and her face and kissing them and then, you know, shoving everything in my face. I have to be careful with that. But after I can, you know, scrub her down with some soap, leave her, I would say maybe for like a half hour or so, then I feel a little bit more comfortable, um, you know, rubbing my face against hers or putting her hands in my mouth. It's a huge weight lifted off of my shoulders, being able to have her at a young age, administer the nut to herself, show me that she's fine. And this, you know, the ingredients on the bag are amazing. It's like four ingredients. Fantastic. Here you go. Instead of have to worrying about a low sodium, this and an organic that it's so wonderful. Pop open a bag. It's two servings in a bag. You get half now, you get half tomorrow. Great. Done. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. The new Super Beats Heart Chews Advanced is now supercharged with CoQ10. Support your healthy CoQ10 levels and blood pressure with two chews a day. Visit RadioBeatsBeets.com and save 15% with promo code DEAL. Okay, so you're smart to have done the peanut first before the almond. So if you guys aren't familiar with the brand Puffworks, they make these 
This episode is not sponsored by Puffworks by any stretch. I am an affiliate for them, and I love to hear that you enjoyed them and they worked for them. There are other peanut puff brands out there. I personally like the Puffworks ones because of the reasons that Dina mentioned. There's no, there's just a smidge of salt for preservative. There's no sugar in them. They're organic. It's just very clean ingredient list because some of the other brands have like a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't feed to my baby plus added sugar, which is kind of ridiculous for a food that you're going to offer to your baby. But if you're doing the Puffworks brand, the Puffworks peanut is the one you do first. And then the Puffworks almond one, it does have some peanut protein in there. So we wouldn't want to give, if she'd never had peanut or almond to give her the almond one first, because if she had a reaction, you wouldn't know if it were to the peanut or the almond protein. But once she was safe for peanut, which mom tried the peanut puffs on their own a number of times without reaction, then you can move, you know, the next week or whenever you're ready to the almond one. And you don't need to wait three to five days between new foods. But in my program, which Dina is in, we do build in a pad of a number of days when you're doing new allergenic foods, especially for a family that has food allergies. So, so you've got the, no, you've done peanut, you've done tree nut. What about shellfish, Dina? So I do not eat shellfish. It's not in our diet. For religious reasons, we don't eat shellfish. So that's something that I would have her tested for in the future, just to be aware, um, especially if it's something that she wanted to try in the future, that would be fine by me. But it's religious reasons. It's not in our diet. Okay, so of the big nine allergenic foods, then shellfish would be one that you guys are not offering for religious reasons. And you have a shellfish allergy. Is that correct? Yes. So just playing devil's advocate here, about 50% of positive food allergy test results are false positives. We generally don't recommend testing for a food that you haven't reacted to. No one's saying to go eat a food that's against your religious beliefs. But are there any other foods that you're avoiding or you don't eat because you tested positive for them, but haven't reacted to them. Because shellfish is one, you have a positive test result, but you've never had a negative reaction. And the way we know if you're allergic to something is when you eat it, you have an allergic reaction. So any other foods like that in your repertoire, Dina? I would say the only other food that I'm nervous to eat are pistachios because, because it's nuts. Okay. But what about all the other tree nuts? Like you're okay with tree nut, right? No. I go anaphylactic with tree nut also. Oh, okay. So you're peanut and tree nut. Yes. Okay. So even the almond ones that you were doing, you were doing like the right hand, left hand thing with Talia so that you didn't come into contact with it. Okay. And then for your own food allergy testing, have you done like panel testing for all of the different tree nuts? So I did them when I was younger and every single one came up positive. There were a variety of nuts in the salad at my brother's wedding, which I went anaphylactic to. Oh, so you don't know exactly what it was and you don't want to recreate that, obviously. And when in doubt, leave it out. Like you're smart. Don't mess around with it. Yes. I don't know what I'm missing. I've never had a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. That's okay by me. There's a lot. And I like your attitude that there's so many other foods that you can eat. Like sometimes I think with food allergies, it can, especially you know, as a dietitian, I work with a lot of families with food allergies. And at first it can feel so restrictive, like, oh my gosh, there's all these foods, either me or my baby can't eat. And while that, that can be sad and it's true in some people's cases, there's lots of foods they can't eat if they have severe food allergies. But in many other cases, you're like, wow, look at all these foods that I can eat because most of the foods that you're offering to Talia are low risk foods that she's not going to be at risk or having an allergic reaction to. Has she had any allergic reaction to any of the over 60 foods that you offered her as part of the 100 First Foods program? Yes. What'd she have an allergic reaction to and what was that like? Uh, she's had an allergic reaction to spinach and broccoli. Okay, describe, okay, those are two highly unusual foods to have allergic reactions to. What sort of reaction did she have? So with spinach, she had um, 
red spots and almost welds all around her mouth, which I've tried spinach again and she hasn't had that happen again. So I'm very happy. Good for you. Good for you. Yes. Yes. It could have been more of the acidity factor of the spinach, because that was one of the first foods that we did at six. I think it was her food number four at six months. Okay. Now what happened with broccoli? And with broccoli, there was the instance where it was a delayed reaction and she threw up in her sleep during a nap. Okay. Three hours after ingestion. Okay. And then did you do broccoli again? And we've done broccoli again. She does not like it, <laughs> but there has been no reaction. Okay. So she is not allergic to spinach or broccoli because, again, those are foods that are almost unlikely and unheard of to be allergic to. But you bring up two really good points there. Many different foods can cause topical skin reactions on the baby's skin. And it can look scary. Oh my gosh, what the food I fed my baby gave my baby this thing on their face. But there's no adverse reaction. That skin reaction goes away on its own. Lots of things can cause reactions, especially for those of you with babies that are teething, right? Teething is a three-year process. And when that drool comes into contact with the new compounds in the foods that you're introducing, it sometimes causes skin rashes on the face and it can look uncomfortable. But if it goes away on its own, then it's not accompanied by another sign of anaphylaxis and we're not concerned. So obviously you always want to consult with your own individual primary care provider, but Dina felt confident in retrying those foods. Again, they're very low risk foods. You know, a baby throws up for lots of different reasons. It may have been the broccoli, but very unlikely. And you tried broccoli again. You said it's not her favorite food, but we also know babies may need to see a food 10 or 15 times before they like or accept it. So don't give up on broccoli. It's not your job to force her to like it, but also babies don't have set food preferences. And we got to keep hammering it with those vegetables, especially in that flavor window where you guys are still there because the exposures to the vegetables are what is going to make them be more accepted. We don't just do it once and say, oh, I don't like it. I got to put like nacho cheese all over the broccoli. And I know you guys aren't doing that, but we do hear families who are like, oh, I did it once. I didn't like it. So I'm never doing broccoli again. Like, nope, you know, keep it in that rotation like you guys are doing. You're moving through the new foods, but continuing to offer those familiar foods, which is wonderful. Yes, I happen to love broccoli. We have it multiple times on the dinner table um, throughout the week. So I will not give up on it at all. I honestly don't think that since she's not picky about any food so far, I honestly think that it's just a mood. You know, what mood are you in? Are you in a broccoli mood? Or are you not in a broccoli mood? Because she's had it and it was fine, but she didn't take to it as she takes to something sweet like mango, which I totally understand yeah. that. And it's not your job to cater to her mood. These are the foods that I picked that we're having today for this meal. Here's the meal. If you want to eat it, fine. If you're not, we'll have another meal later in the day as scheduled. Also, you guys can't see this because this is the podcast. Baby Talia has more hair than I have ever seen on a 10-month-old. <laughs> it's amazing. I like. I think it took some of my kids like three years to get that much hair. She is gorgeous. You guys can probably hear her there in the background. I know you're busy, Dina, and I can't say thank you enough for sharing your story with us. Tell us, though, before you go, real quick, what's been like the most fun thing about starting foods with Baby Talia so far? The best thing has been, honestly, watching my family on FaceTime say she can't eat that. She can't do that. She's not ready for that. That piece is too big. And she has absolutely no problem wielding a spear of, of beef or of avocado or papaya or pineapple. And they're just like, you know, what are you feeding Talia tonight? What, what are we having for dinner? I said, that's the question because she is part of the family. So 
shocking their faces and seeing their reactions on FaceTime has been a blast. I know you said you just dropped your mom off at the airport and you guys, like when we first got on the call, we were chatting and she's like, just the look on my mother's face when Talia was eating beef stew this week is totally worth everything. And I, I love that. I love shocking the moms and the grandmas. And then you know what? They turn around and they end up being the biggest advocates for baby led weaning. They love to brag on their grandbabies. They act like it was their idea to begin with. Who cares? As long as the baby is eating a variety of foods, everyone is happy. Before we go, Dina, for parents who are in your same boat, who have a food allergy, a life-threatening food allergy that could send them into anaphylaxis, like you at your brother's wedding with the nuts in the salad, and they're nervous about starting solid foods for their babies, can you share some advice that will help them through this challenging time? Sure. Um, the best advice that I would say is, is don't wait another day. Do it now. Do it, to, you know, do it tomorrow, first thing in the morning, um, so you know you have the whole day ahead of you and to see if there is a reaction, God forbid. But don't wait because then, then it, it just becomes more of a complicated issue. And if you get it out of the way right now, you will feel so much better and be able to not have to look at the back of every single package to see, see does this contain nuts? Because that's what I have to do my entire life. And I'm so happy that I do not have to do that for my daughter. Well, thank you so much for sharing your experience with us. It's been so fun watching her. I can't wait to see what you guys do for your 100th first food. And you'll probably keep going beyond that. You are definitely a star student. And I've loved, loved hearing from you. Thank you so much for having us. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Hey there, I'm Dylan Lewis, one of the hosts of Motley Fool Money. Each weekday on Motley Fool Money, we talk through the business news you need to know and the stories moving stocks on Wall Street. On weekends, we dive into the industries shaping tomorrow and host the experts, authors, and executives that understand them. Tune in for insights, a long-term perspective on investing, and of course, stock ideas, plenty of them. To quote a listener, it pays to listen. Check us out and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I just love Dina's energy. And I was shaking my head yes to so many things that she was saying in that interview. And like, can you just kind of feel her confidence coming through now that she's gotten over that hump and introduced her baby to the foods that she's also allergic to? And just when she says like, I want to go out and be able to have a life and go to a restaurant. I think that's all we want is to be able to live our lives with our babies and have a good time with this without stressing so much. And congratulations, Dina, on getting through those allergenic foods. Next up is Talia. Talia is the mom of baby Jack. And so Talia mom is friends with Lauren, who works with us. So that's how we got introduced to Talia. Talia's in our program. Baby Jack's been crushing all of these different foods. I kind of feel like a stalker because I see pictures and videos of him all the time eating. I'm like, oh, what's baby Jack eating today? But I was really interested to dive in with mom about how she went about introducing the foods that she's allergic to to her baby Jack. So here's Talia. Thank you for having me. I know you work in podcasts, so I was explaining how I know you and that even though you've worked in podcasts forever, you said this is your first time being a podcast guest. This is my first time. I'm very, very excited. Oh, awesome. Okay. I'm, I'm excited to learn about your experience doing baby led weaning with baby Jack, despite your own food allergy. Before we get started though, tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your own like personal food allergy history, if you don't mind sharing. Sure. I'm 32. <laughs> I, my son was born uh, 10 and a half months ago. Um, my own food allergy history, I 
didn't have any food allergies as a child. So it kind of makes things even more interesting. I started developing an almond allergy as a teenager um, that got kind of progressively worse until I had a pretty intense anaphylactic reaction in my early 20s. And after seeing an allergist, that's kind of progressed into an all tree nut allergy at this point. So I avoid all tree nuts. Um, I avoid um, any kind of contact or cross-contamination as well. So tell me how old you were when you got diagnosed. Uh, I was 22. Okay. And then what was your experience? Like what happened that changed that was different? Yeah, I had, um, I ha- I mean, I'd eaten tree nuts my entire life. I had kind of realized that I was getting allergic to almonds. It seemed like I was only allergic to raw almonds though, or that was my, my strongest reaction. So I had continued eating roasted almonds, which is incredibly stupid on my part. Um, and I had, I ate a handful of them one day and started to get hives on my chest, started getting hives in my mouth. It never progressed into any kind of like breathing difficulty or anything like that, but it progressed over the course of a weekend to the point where my tongue had swollen, like swelled up to probably two times its normal size. I, my teeth didn't touch when I closed my mouth and I had sores in the back of my throat and all over my gums. So I went to several, I went, ended up going to the dentist. Like I said, it was the weekend. So it was really difficult to try to get proper medical care, but it did eventually go down, but I ended up at the allergist uh, that following week. And then what sort of testing did you have? Did you have blood testing, skin testing just for foods you had reacted to, or did they kind of do panel blanket testing? What was your experience with testing? Um, I had both. I had skin and blood. Um, they did. And then I had a full panel um, about a year later where I found out that I was actually allergic to a lot more than just tree nuts. Okay. What other foods were on that? Just out of curiosity. Sure. Um, I have an allergy to um, stone fruits, all stone fruits, pineapple, kiwi, cucumber, bell pepper. Wait, so do you avoid all of those foods or? No. Yeah, because it's really hard with with testing, right? Because 50% of positive food allergy tests are false positives. Yeah, so yeah. when we start testing for foods you've never reacted to, they're going to come back positive and be like, wait, am I really allergic or not? So have you had reactions to anything else besides tree nut? Uh, I do have a stone stone fruit for sure. For sure. Like you feel that. Peaches, plums, yeah, nectarines, anything like that. I get, I get hives. Okay. So tell us about when baby Jack was born, how did feeding go for you in the first few days and weeks of life? Like any issues with tolerance of infant milk, be that breast milk or formula, like prior to starting solid foods for him? Sure. Um, He didn't have any issues with tolerance. Um, I've been, we've been doing breast milk and formula from the moment he was born. Um, I, I never fully produced enough milk for him. So we, uh, we had been doing both from the time he was born. He never had any uh, issues at all with that. And then he's been on exclusively formula since he was three and a half months. So is he on a standard formula? Yes. Yep. Okay. So then moving past the six month mark, you guys are thinking about starting solid foods. Where did you hear about baby led weaning? And then why did you decide to take this approach to starting solid foods with your baby? Sure. Um, one of my best friends works in baby led weaning and she is a huge proponent. Um, I started to do the research actually before Jack was even born and it seemed like certainly the best solution for us. We're, we love to eat. We love to cook. We love to go out to eat. So the idea of being able to kind of introduce him to foods 
as we were eating them and, you know, not to have to have some kind of special, you know, baby food all the time um, just for him or to be making purees constantly was a very attractive idea. Okay. And how many foods has Jack had so far? Jack has had, I believe, over 80 different foods this far. So cool. Okay. So when you started Solid Foods, were you nervous about him having an allergic reaction? I was definitely nervous about the things that I was allergic to. So I was a little uh, nervous. We did, you know, some peaches. And then when we did, when we did almonds, I was pretty nervous. Okay. So let's go back before you did those foods. Like what were the first starter foods that you guys did for baby led weaning? The first thing we did was avocado. We did banana. We did egg was our first allergen. And then we did Greek yogurt pretty soon after we had cleared egg as an allergen, oatmeal, things like that, softer things. So like the kind of basic ones exactly that aren't, you know, highly, I mean, egg obviously you could be allergic to. And then you already knew he didn't have a cow's milk protein allergy because you were giving him a standard commercial infant formula. And the base of that is cow's milk protein. So you kind of had that one out of the way. You did egg. No, no reactions at all with egg? No, no reaction at all. Okay, that's good. And then that's usually a good sign then that you know, lower, not that it's super low, but lower risk of peanut allergy than if he doesn't already have an egg allergy. So that's good. So do you remember the second allergenic food that you guys did? I believe the second thing we did was wheat. Okay. And any issues there? No, none at all. Okay. So then let's talk about introducing foods that you're allergic to. Let's take stone fruits, for example, and you mentioned peaches. How did you introduce peaches to baby Jack? Sure. Um, uh, we did just, I, I steamed them, I cut them up and steamed them, um, softened them for him. And that one, I wasn't, I was not, um, super nervous about cross-contamination, um, because, uh, with myself, because I don't have, um, an allergy just touching them or anything like that. So that one was less of a concern than when we went to the tree nuts. For peaches, are you nervous to touch them or is it just ingesting them that's problematic for you? No, it's just ingesting them for me for the stone fruits. Yeah. Okay. So you were the one preparing the food. There wasn't another parent or caregiver making the stone fruit? No, no. Has he done other stone fruit? Um, He has not. Okay. So cherries. Cherries are a big one. So are you allergic to cherries? Yeah. Okay. Are you going to do cherries with him? Yeah. Okay. Cherry season's usually like really short. So sometimes parents are like, wait a minute, I blinked and it was gone. You can actually buy tart cherries in cans that are packed in water. So they're already pitted. It's so super easy. And now that he's a little bit older, I would assume he has his pincer grasp. Is that correct? Yeah. So he can pick up the smaller pieces of fruit. And you guys have been doing baby led weaning. Like you're you know, well into almost phase three of baby led weaning at this point. Maybe try those out and just see it's kind of an easy way if it's like not the season for cherries that you can actually get them canned. You just look for them packed in their own water instead of um, any syrup. But I, I think it's kind of an easy way to do cherries. So let's talk about almonds now. Are you like airborne allergic to almonds? Do you touch or just ingesting them yourself? Um, I don't, I'm not, I don't have an airborne issue, but I try to avoid touching them as much as possible just so that I don't then forget and touch my face, touch, you know, my mouth or something like that. Hey, we're going to take a quick break, but I'll be right back. Do you find it hard to sleep at night? Then the Sleep Cove podcast can help you. Hi, I'm Christopher Fitton, the voice and clinical hypnotherapist behind Sleep Cove. Sleep Cove features sleep hypnosis, meditations and bedtime stories, all designed to help those of you who struggle at night 
to achieve a restful and peaceful night's sleep. Search for Sleep Cove on Apple Podcasts or Spotify and see why Sleep Cove helps millions of people sleep deeply all night long. And I'm just curious, since you had your first allergic reaction when you were 22 with diagnosis, have you had other reactions to tree nuts, like accidental ingestion? Yeah, I've had issues. So I originally wasn't or didn't think I was allergic to other tree nuts. I thought it was just almonds. Um, Since then, I've had allergic reactions to almost every other tree nut, pistachios, pecans. Yeah. And is it all tree nuts or are there ones you've eaten without incident? I can still eat walnuts. Oh, interesting. Very weird. How did you guys do almonds or the first tree nut introduction, which I'm assuming is almond, but that might be wrong for baby Jack? Yeah. So the first thing we did was almonds. Um, we used the almond puffs and I had my husband do that. So my husband, um, he opened the bag, he did everything with that. And then he also wiped Jack down before I put him in the bath so that I didn't, he didn't have anything on his hands or on his face and his mouth, um, to make sure that I didn't have any any contact with it. And then how many times did you guys do almond over the course of that week after the first introduction? Um, I think we did it, I believe we did it five times that week just to be a little more thorough. And that's a great idea. Just repeated exposure. Now, obviously a baby could potentially react on the sixth time, but it's unlikely. Like if a baby's going to have a reaction, it's generally on the second or, you know, subsequent exposure. It's generally not on the first one. So you guys are smart to do it multiple times. And then I'm just assuming your husband was helping all five times for those foods, kind of same protocol of him wiping the baby down so that you don't come into contact with it. Yeah, yeah, correct. And then have you been continuing to do other tree nuts for Jack or is Almond the first one, only one you guys have done? Um, He's also done cashew at this point. And how did you guys do cashew? Um, I did, originally I thinned it out and put it over sweet potatoes um, for him. And now we've been doing it in muffins, cashew butter in muffins. Oh, cool. And are you able to make those or do you have to have your husband do that? Yes, actually, I've, yeah. So we've been doing the um, cashew butter and almond butter in in, um, muffins. And I'm just super, super careful when I do it. All right, what has been the most fun thing about starting Solid Foods for your family so far? Um, I just... I love, we love to watch his reactions. We like sit around. We, I take a video half the time when he tries something new because he's, he's so funny. He's so expressive when he tries something and it's so exciting to be able to like add that to his little list. And then we can, you know, introduce more things. I, it's funny because not to be a stalker, but I see all these videos because you send them to Lauren and then Lauren shares them with us. And we're like, just amazed at how involved he is in food. And I know it's a little rough going at the beginning. And I think it's, you know, like all things, like I always tell parents, like, I think it's worth sticking it out. Like you have to feed this small person for the next 17 and a half years of their life. Like you might as well do the hard work now, which is really working on variety and exposure to lots of different types of foods, right? Because, and you, you know, what's coming around the corner that like, there is some degree of picky eating that will set in for all children, usually in the second year of life. And it doesn't mean that you're doing a bad job. It doesn't mean your child's a lifelong picky eater. It's developmentally appropriate for one-year-olds to become more selective if you have a hundred foods that your baby will eat and you lose 10 or 15 of those to picky eating, it's really, really not a big deal. So congratulations to you guys for doing so many foods and for sticking through to do those allergenic foods. Cause as you know, it really is the only thing you can do to lower your baby's risk of food allergy. And just in closing, has baby Jack had any allergic reactions to food so far? He has not had any allergic reactions to anything, thankfully. And for new parents who are listening right now and might also be nervous about starting solid foods, can you 
share any advice that you've learned in your experience the last four and a half months that might help them through this challenging time? Sure. I think just to stick with it and, you know, it, there will be frustrating moments for sure. Like there is with all of parenting, but it totally, it's totally worth it. And it, to be able to see your baby trying new things and being so happy to, to have those experiences is a hundred percent worth it. Well, thank you so much, Talia. It's been a pleasure chatting with you and I really appreciate you sharing your experience. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Talia and Dina, for sharing your stories. It is so inspiring to hear from you. And in the first part of the interview, Dina was raving about the Puffworks Baby Peanut Puffs. So they also make an almond puff for introducing tree nut. That brand, the company Puffworks, I love their products because there's no added sugar in them. There's just a smidge of salt for preservative, and they're the softest baby puffs on the market. So they're perfect for your baby, even like before your baby has teeth. If you're looking for a low mess, no stress way to introduce peanut and tree nut, check out the Puffworks Baby Puffs. I am an affiliate for Puffworks and my affiliate discount code BABYLED works for 15% off at puffworks.com. If you want to grab a case of both the peanut and the baby almond puffs, you can knock out two different allergenic food categories. And then if you're interested in learning more about how to introduce the other allergenic foods so that you know, there's nine foods that account for about 90% of food allergy. And today we talked a little bit about peanut and tree nut as well as shellfish. But I have a course that I co-teach with a pediatrician, Dr. Ron Sunog. He specializes in using food to prevent food allergy. If you go to foodallergyclass.com, you can find Dr. Sunog and my course that we teach together. He teaches you all about the different allergenic food categories. And then I share tips on how to safely make each of the foods from the big nine list with different recipes and approaches for the different ages and stages. Because yes, we want you to introduce them early at around six months of age. We also want you to do these allergenic foods often. So as your baby gets bigger and you progress to different textures, I've got lots of different recipes and info in there. Again, that's at foodallergyclass.com if you want to check it out. The show notes for this episode are at blwpodcast.com slash 318. And thank you to our partners at Airwave Media. If you guys like podcasts that feature food and science and using your brain, Airwave has some wonderful podcast options for you there. We're online at blwpodcast.com. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you next time. Hi, friends. Are you looking for a new podcast? Maybe something you can share with your littles? Something that has some storytelling in it? Well, then look no further. We have Storytime with Philip and Mommy, where my son and I sit and discuss all the great books that you might love while we read them. So, Little Golden Books, Berenstain Bears, and even the new classics like Bluey. We sit down, we read, we discuss, and we have so much fun doing it. Come and join us. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.